Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Let's get it started in here. And the bass keeps running, running, and running. Five seconds left in the game. You believe in Context, there's no disrespect, so when I bust my rhyme, you break your necks. We got five minutes for us to disconnect. So and break away from tradition, cause when we be out, girl is fully be that. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the opening line. We are your hosts, Wits and Roz, and we're coming live from Las Vegas, Nevada. In the same room, sitting eye to eye right here on the couch. Wits, I'm gonna let you introduce yourself, but not before I give this weekly's read. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including NBA Summer League, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. You can hop on the British Open. you got to do it fast. You can get live odds there as well. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that is B-L-E-A-V, to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. Which how you doing today? It's hot here. It's uh, very hot here, and I think we uh, before we get into fantasy football running backs, could be the last time we see Tiger at the old course. It was uh, not, the, not the open that he envisioned, but... Um, pretty cool to see him walk across 18 as we're actually doing right now watching a little replay at PTI um, yeah definitely not an ideal tournament for him but nice to see him back out there all the same it, it was nice to see him back out there I feel like it's such an early I mean obviously it's going to be his call it's his body he was in an absolutely horrific car crash but maybe I mean I guess the idea is that there's going to be so many years in between the next time it'll be at St. Andrews but I never say never for me with Tiger Woods. I mean, never say never. He won the Masters. I was proven wrong once. Um, and uh, we'll see what happens here. It was emotional. He got emotional. Um, and you hate to see heroes fall. And it's kind of like one of those moments right there. But, yeah, we got the British Open. I've got Cam Smith in the lead. We apologize for doing a show late, but he was one of our picks, or my pick at least. And uh, I've got him holding the lead right now. I would tell you to hop on John Rahm whenever you listen to this, or maybe even Victor Hovland if it's not too egregious, if he's got a double digit in his um, in his bet column. But we're here to talk about fantasy football, and that is what we're doing today is fantasy football running backs, which is a dying breed. I was saying this at the end of last week's episode. Fantasy running backs, once the most important thing, LaDainian Tomlinson setting fantasy records, Priest Holmes, Larry Johnson, Steven Jackson, some big names from Adrian Fed. Peterson. Adrian, Adrian Peterson's another great example. And now it's few and far between. I look at the beginning of this list and have a little bit of optimism, but it's tough to field these days two good running backs, and three is what you need, in my opinion, to win a championship. I've seen Xander across from me do it many, many years ago, and I've <laughs> seen myself do it in the most recent season here. Um, 
Wits, I know you have a strong stance on running backs. You actually taught, I will, I will give credit where credit is due. You taught me the value of running backs, and I think that's why I've had success over the course of the last couple seasons. What does a running back mean to you come draft day and for your fantasy football season? <laughs> what a question, E. Um, I'm going to start off by saying that nobody knows shit about running backs this year because you look at you know all the top guys have all dealt with I think a pretty I would say extensive in injury history you know besides Jonathan Taylor um, but I think you look at the value of running backs e you know in a one quarterback league which we talked about last week you know the difference between one and ten you know I think is I don't want to say significant but there, there's definitely a difference there but when you look at running backs each team having to field at least two across 10 teams, you know, the difference between one and 20 and needing, you know, maybe a third running back as well. There's so much disparity there. If you guess wrong <laughs> on multiple guys, it's going to be a tough season for you. So I think the, the value of a running back is, is still there, but it's just getting harder and harder to find a good one. So that's kind of where we stand running back wise. I know there's going to be some guys, um, you know, down the board that are going to be league winners and it's a uh, it's up to us to try to point everybody here in the right direction. So. That's the big wits approach. Do you lean, is there anything in you that'll lean zero RB? That's a good question, E. I mean, I, I think I'd have, there's a couple guys that I've got pegged out that I would like to take, um, but if I don't find a good spot, I mean, I think there's there's plenty of wide receivers out there, so I don't think you, I don't think you can really go wrong. I mean, obviously you can pick the wrong guy, but there's sort of so many options early in the draft. You know the zero running back strategy. I, I don't think I go into any draft with I'm gonna do this or that. You know I think you gotta let the draft come to you a little bit. Um, but there, you know, you know that there's gonna be some guys down the board who are gonna finish in the top ten. So, you know, I don't I don't have any problem with either strategy. Um, but like I said, I wouldn't I wouldn't try to reach on somebody uh, just because you think you need to fill that spot. There's, there's always value down the board. There is always value down the board. And actually, I want to say that more so for wide receivers this year. I was looking, kind of starting to do some mock drafts. We're halfway through July here. We're 54 days out from football. There's a lot of wide receivers that are down deep in the rounds. And honestly, running backs are starting to, you're starting to see a little bit of that too here. I think there's going to be some interesting running backs that careers are starting to head towards the tail end but maybe they still got a little juice left. We'll kick that into motion, but Wits, it's about going over what happens through the first five picks, and it looks pretty easy to me if you have a top five pick um, to go with these backs. Yahoo has an interesting ranking system that I want to dispute a little bit. They have Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, and Derrick Henry as their top five. In many cases, I'm looking at that as Jonathan Taylor one, Derrick Henry two, Christian McCaffrey, three. And then I would start even considering, due to volume purposes, Najee Harris, Nick Chubb, or Joe Mixon. Eckler freaks me out injury-wise. I know he's a three-down back, especially because he can catch the ball. Dalvin Cook really freaks me out in terms of injury. And also, not to mention Madison, not a bad running back there um, as his backup either. And they're, and again, they're going to look to pass the ball more this year in Minnesota with the new offensive game plan. So... I mean, it's. I mean, it's a pick. You can lose. I. I don't know. You. Do you agree? You can lose your season in the first round on your based on your pick, or is, do you think that's a fable? We'll say that one more time. Do you think you can lose the first round, or you can lose your season in the first round? Um, 
Yeah, no, I think I think he definitely can. And last year uh, is a good example of all ten first round picks getting hurt at one point. Right. So that's a that's a good point. I think you definitely can lose your draft in the first round. Um, so that's why it's it's all the more important, right, to pick a guy who you know is gonna. And I say like you know, nobody actually knows, um, but who's who's gonna be there at the end of the day? Because I think you look at my team last year, who was terrible again. You know, the first two running backs I took, Aaron Jones and Antonio Gibson, they just really didn't pan out, and that you know that puts a lot of stress on the team later in the year. Um, along with the fact that I took Chris Carson too, um, so yeah, you had, you had to take Chris Carson. I, it was you were hoping right. somebody was taking him before you, so you didn't have to make that choice in the third round. It was the one thing going into the draft that I didn't want to do, and <laughs> I ended up doing it because um, you let the draft come to you. I let the draft come to me, and I, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't respond appropriately. Um, but yeah, you looking at that top five, I think Eckler is the, the most interesting guy because he's been vaulting up a lot of these draft boards. And, you know, the upside, I think the upside's there for every guy, you know, probably that we'll talk about on the show today, but it's really limiting that, you know, that floor. Um, and Eckler has had some injury history, but you look at everybody else, you know, besides Jonathan Taylor, who is very young compared to the rest of these guys, Derrick Henry had his first spot last year, missing about half the season. Christian McCaffrey the last two years. Dal- Dalvin Cook is um, on the injury report in about half the weeks of the season. Joe Mixon. Um, and then Najee Harris, you know, also in the same boat as Jonathan Taylor. Great year last year, young guy. Um, so, yeah, man, it's, a, it, it's tough. I think all these names in a vacuum, you're like, great player, has a chance to do awesome things. But staying on the field, that's, that's the most important thing because – and running backs run the most risk, not that receivers and quarterbacks don't run it either, but I feel like running backs are significantly more fragile. I have a lot of love for Derrick Henry. I'm going to be honest, when it comes to this year's draft, I know he got hurt last year. I know you're never supposed to take the number one after they've been labeled the number one because there's always going to be a new one. But there is a sense to me that it's a makeup year for Derrick Henry. He's so physically fit and strong. He's a bigger version of these running backs and I worry less about his injuries. I know it was a foot, so I know it's going to be ground and pound on there. But I do like Derrick Henry, and I can see you jockeying with him for being the number one overall pick again. Um, Christian McCaffrey's so interesting. The guy was so good. He was number one plus some. He was one and a half players. He was one and a half players. Was incredible. And these injuries are nerve wracking. Is this a constant? I mean. Two years in a row, you got to be worried about his ADP dropping in between pick five and seven and some drafts. I think I, he, I think he could be a winning piece to any fantasy team this year because you could get the McCaffrey of old and you'll have stolen him away when he should have been the number one overall pick. By the way, he was the first ever back-to-back number one overall pick in our fantasy league, which was a, which was surprising, and he let down both of those teams. Um, I want to get into interesting running backs later down the draft. We've got ADP as a second-round pick in Leonard Fournette. I think he is a pure number one. No more Ronald Jones. I know Kayshawn Vaughn's there. They also drafted a guy, but it is Leonard Fournette's backfield, and you saw how good he was down the stretch last year before he got hurt. Um, I think Leonard Fournette is a force to be reckoned with. I think he, his ADP is lower than it will be come most draft days. I think his hype will only go up. And you got to look at some interesting people, Wits. You got. I was gonna say this is where this the draft's is, gonna be. Uh, 
going to be made. You've here. got Alvin Kamara ranked 19. Now, there is a six-game suspension looming for him, but I think they can't make a decision on that until Deshaun Watson's is figured out because I can't imagine Alvin Kamara getting more time than Deshaun Watson at this point. Alvin Kamara has been going late second round to early third round, and his production is only going to go up, in my opinion. He is their, for their lead back. He is going to get Jameis Winston back, a quarterback who is known for dumping the ball off. They had a great start to the season together before Jameis Winston got hurt. He, he like Christian McCaffrey, I know this with the suspension and with some injury issues himself last season, he could be a make-or-break guy as well, too. He did it from the waiver wire three years ago. He's been doing it for teams the last two years. Hell, he won Lee Rubin a fantasy football championship two years ago. He's been on the last two fantasy football championship teams in our league. So his ADP dropping like crazy. Him being ranked nearly 20 out of all running backs, and that's behind Brees Hall, Cam Akers, David Montgomery, Antonio Gibson, Ezekiel Elliott, Javante Williams, DeAndre Swift, and Saquon Barkley. Very interesting. I don't know your thoughts on Kamara, but he talk about flirting with disaster or flirting with greatness. Yeah, I mean, you look at Kamara, you know, it looks like he's going to be out, I think, at least six games. Um, it's between four and six, but no, they haven't even talked about it. They are so focused on the Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I mean, I, that's the thing. If I had to draft today, I probably would have to stay away from him. Um, but he's a guy you've seen before when he's right and he's healthy and he's getting the ball. He's probably a top three or four running back in the league fantasy-wise. But, yeah, you look at... After those first seven, eight guys, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at Pro Football Focus's list as well. You got DeAndre Swift up there, Javante Williams, um, like you mentioned, Fournette, Saquon Barkley. I mean, <laughs> Saquon's another great. I mean, I knew we were going to talk about him today too, but he he's another one of those guys where you don't know. There's the question marks massive. It's it's yeah, it might be the biggest question mark in the league and. I feel like every time somebody is drafted in the past three years, they're like, that's it. He's a league winner. And, you know, you, you know how it's worked out from there. So, And did the offense get any better is the real question. They, did, they got rid of Joe Judge, which is a big win for the entire organization. Did the offense get better? Is Saquon going to be better? He's going to have a whole offseason to be healthy, a whole offseason routine. He doesn't. He's not coming off that ACL injury. Again, I... This is why what's interesting to me this year when I've done these mock drafts is running back names that we're used to seeing in the early first round, end of the first round, early second round are now dropping back a little bit. And I think that's different than in years past. I think receivers are jumping off the board a lot faster, especially if you're in a PPR league. Receivers have become the dominant sexy pick. I think there's some running backs that are going to sneak, sneak onto some people's teams and really cause some havoc this season. Yeah, and I mean, you want to look down even further, you've got guys like Eli Mitchell, J.K. Dobbins, Josh Jacobs, who seems to be the guy who's always putting up decent numbers but never getting any love. Um, Travis Etienne, Damian Harris, <laughs> Miles Sanders, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. These are all guys who, if you said they're going to finish in the top 10, I wouldn't fall out of my chair, but trying to find the right one, and even a guy Roz, like Rashad Penny getting a lot of talks early here in the preseason. Um, this, this is going to be really tough, right? And I keep looking down even farther. I keep seeing even more exciting names. Guys like Tony Pollard, you know, is Chase Edmonds going to be the dump-off king 
in Miami. Um, this is uh, this is going to be really tough. And then well, it, one last thing, a guy like Daryl Henderson. You know, everybody's so high on Cam Akers, but maybe. maybe I mean, Cam Akers you know, came in and took over that backfield for the Rams did, last year. Like, off a torn Achilles in six months. So I think that's Cam Akers' backfield. But you brought him up, so I want to talk about it. Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. Forever the bane to fantasy existence. Do we accept that Ezekiel Elliott is done? Past the prime of his career. Which is crazy, because he's, what, our age? And... (laughs) Well, when you put it like that. Right. I mean, that's pretty crazy. And how good Tony Pollard is. And he isn't getting the opportunities because Elliott's there. What happens and what gives in this backfield? Yeah, I mean, this this goes back to the original uh, dual backfield scenario, which I think was Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams back in the... Via Ridge. It was like the 2013 Carolina Panthers. You had both guys who were like, ah, they're both really good, but none of them get the full workload. And I think this is going to be really frustrating all year for guys who own both a piece of Pollard and Zeke. Um, my thought here is that Pollard takes more of the touches away this year. I mean, you look at the yards per carry stats and what he's been able to do when he does get the ball. Um, there's really not any reason for him not to get more carries. And, you know, it looks like Zeke the past couple of years has slowed down, but maybe he comes back and just puts up a nice 1,600 yards and 10 touchdown season and silences all the haters. But I think that's uh, that's going to be really frustrating, in my opinion. And if one of those guys goes down, the other one I think vaults into a easily a top 10 workload and i guess while we're talking about it other guys were they were stuck in a committee josh connor's alone we've seen him alone in pittsburgh but now he's alone after leading the league in rushing touchdowns last season in arizona it'll be his backfield and eli mitchell not having to worry about he mosert anymore in now the bigger question is what will they end up doing with debo debo doesn't want to have as much of a running back role as he had last year does that mean Eli Mitchell's man? He had injury issues also, Eli Mitchell. But that's two NFC West powerful offenses that now have probably a singular focus in the running back room. Yeah, and you look at James Conner as another guy who, you know, the first couple of years in the league, he was, you know, one of those workhorse guys, happy to have him on the team, and then he got hurt, went to Arizona. Um, but, he, you know, like you said, he led the league in rushing touchdowns last year. So, I mean, that's one of the things you look for inside the five – Who's getting the majority of the work? Because um, that was always the thing with, you know, I know we're talking different position, but a guy like Julio Jones, he'd have 1,500 yards every year, but he would put up four or five touchdowns. James Conner, you know, he could be another guy that could vault into that top 10 space with, you know, scoring a lot of touchdowns, getting all the carries on what should be, I think, a pretty still pretty high-powered offense with Kyler Murray. Um, I know that DeAndre Hopkins is suspended, but they did get Marquise Brown, and they've got a lot of weapons there. So I think that's uh, it's, a, it's another interesting spot that people are going to have to break down during draft. I game. think you said it best. I have never started jogging into a season less clear about the running backs in the NFL. Yeah. And I think Jonathan Taylor's the saving grace in terms of being the easiest to go number one. Um, but outside of that, it's really... It's really kind of a crapshoot beyond that point. Yeah, and that's where, you know, in terms of draft position, I don't think I, you know, I I probably would take the number one pick because I think that's a pretty easy solution with Jonathan Taylor. But after that, I'd rather have guys make some decisions for me that I'd rather not make on my own. So looking at that five, six range and even going down to the, you know, the ninth or tenth pick, um, 
think it'd be more apt to take a receiver there, at, at least one in the first two rounds. But yeah, Roz, we're, I think we're going to get a little more clarity leading up to draft day. But the big thing with running backs and the injury history is those those don't go away. So it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. It certainly will be interesting. That's pretty much all we got. We've got wide receivers next week. Big category. A lot of stars that are going to go off the board instantly. But it's when you build the rest of your roster later in the draft with all the wide receiver options, when you don't get the Cooper Cups, the Devontae Adams of the world, um, where can you find that value? Um, but yeah, this has been the opening line with your hosts, Wits and Roz. We'll be back next week. As we get closer and closer to fantasy football season beginning, toodaloo.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.